Hello everybody and welcome back to uh, Motherbox, uh, a New Gods podcast uh, looking at Jack Kirby's Fourth World. Uh, I'm Matt Loon and I'm joined as always by Paul and, uh, and we're going to be uh, covering the fourth issues of uh, the uh, Fourth World series uh, this time. So that's Forever People number four, New Gods number four, Mr Miracle number four and then we're going to be looking at uh, Jimmy Olsen number, let's have a look, 139. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Just because it's always the odd one out, I always have to go back and check even though I said to myself, oh, it's 139 as I have to double check. Have to double check. <laughs> Jimmy Olsen's um, always the odd one. <laughs> yeah, the odd one. And no more odd than he is in this episode, anyway. But uh, but Paul, how are you on this uh, on this fine day? I'm good. How are you, Matt? Yeah, I am good too. Um, we said just before we started that uh, catching up on these uh, on these issues, you know, sitting back down to read them, um, is become like a genuine kind of enjoyable part of my uh, of my routine now. Um, I kind of like to sit down, you know, get a coffee, maybe get something to eat and then just sit in uh, just sit in silence and read through these issues and kind of really soak them in. I think there's mm. there's nothing that uh, focuses your mind more than uh, knowing that you, you know, you're going to be going to be discussing the issues, you know. There's <laughs> a lot of time with comics I just kind of let them wash over me and go, "Yeah, I don't remember anything that just happened." <laughs> Whereas at least with these, I, I have to have an important thing, you know, or at least an interesting thing to say about them. So, uh, I need to kind of make uh, make mental notes as i'm as i'm reading through them so mm, it's true yeah. podcasting forces you to read with different you know different eyes because you do know you're going to comment on them um but i yeah. hope it's actually allowing listeners to also read with different eyes just uh knowing that they can engage in the conversation and we want to thank one listener who we shouted out last time um but uh james murphy who is a friend on twitter uh and sent us sent me a really nice message that i shared with you matt that is just full of connections, um, sent some links to some interviews with Kirby, and uh, it sounds like really fascinating appearances of Kirby, where Stan Lee calls in, and they have a little uh, jibber-jabber back and forth, and um, and just uh, lots of stuff about um, about the, the sort of New God's world. James, thank you for the message, and Matt and I are both kind of excited to follow up. Uh, life has been a little bit crazy for me and maybe to some extent for Matt too. And this, you know, podcasting journey is a forced, uh, although not uninvited, slowdown, you know, that we have to sort of, <laughs> you know, get get our head in the game and as we read. And I find it to be this little... Um, you know, actually, this little escape from the rhythms of my life, I feel like in a Kirby-like pace, my, I've been uh, starting a new job and things have been crazy. And so it's almost surreal to be like, okay, now I'm going to read comic books uh, about this new gods and apocalypse <laughs> stuff. But it is sort of just the right kind of, um, I don't know, healthy discipline, healthy escapism, if you can even call it that. And so James uh, reflected a little bit on it being uh, that serving that role in his own life, his own personal life, and won't get into the details here. But um, James, first, just thank you for the um, really thoughtful message. And next episode, we promise we'll dive into some of the leads that you left there for us, the breadcrumbs that you left there for us to follow uh, about Kirby and about this work and uh, and talk a little bit about it. And James, we'd love to hear from you uh, even more. So um, we appreciate mm -hmm. your engagement. Yeah, thank you very much, James. I, I feel um, a little bit bittersweet about it because now reading your notes, which were thorough and comprehensive and, you know, <laughs> included uh, hyperlinks to, to YouTube videos and, and follow-up articles and things, you've now done officially more background research than I ever have done for this show. So <laughs> I kind of feel as though at some point I'm going to, I may get pushed aside and just kind of like, soon he's going to come on the show and it's going to be, uh, yeah, it's going to be un uncomfortable for me. But no, I seriously, loved, loved, loved what you wrote. Uh, it felt like a very 
you know, I, I feel like the journey that me and Paul are going on with these comics uh, mm-hmm. are taking on a very, a very personal touch to them. You know, mm-hmm. we always try and tie it back to us and try it back to mm-hmm. real life. And one of the things that we we you know focused on when we started reading these issues is how personal a journey it is for Kirby to mm-hmm. go through this, mm-hmm. and how um, you know politically active his uh, his imagination is when it mm-hmm. comes to you know creating these worlds and these allegories mm-hmm. um and your response james to you know to what we had and you know with your permission we'll we'll read parts of it out on the next episode mm-hmm. um we i'd love to kind of you know um explore that space with you uh, further yeah. because you know you sent a very personal very um you know very meaningful exchange yeah. about how much these issues have have meant to you and how much they impacted you at a point in your life um and that is exactly what we're looking for that's exactly what yeah. we wanted to do with these issues and what i think these comics are unique in that they provide for us is uh, a kind of a window into kirby's world and a window into his views but also mm-hmm. you know a stark reflection upon kind of ourselves and the world mm-hmm. that we live in um politically now on a wider landscape but also on a very personal level as well so uh absolutely. so yeah thank you james really yeah. appreciate that yeah absolutely and to others of you who may write to us um we'd love to hear from you on those various dimensions and and i just absolutely agree with Matt in in terms of this reading experience. I mean, it's like any great um, discussion group or book club where, you know, it is indeed a window into a world and then a a mirror, a reflection upon our own and and ourselves. And uh, we're happy to to have you bring that into the, the, the conversation as uh, Matt and I do. Indeed, and indeed, I think Kirby is very much doing in this work, um, which he does in an interesting way in Jimmy Olsen <laughs> 139, which is where we'll start today. Um, and for <laughs> those of you following along at home, you know, the omnibus were, because of the plethora of Jimmy Olsen issues that we have available, were a little bit like, you know, most of our our um, issues this week are chunked together, except for these Jimmy Olsons, which are kind of, we're a little off rhythm on. So sometime we may do a little bit of two issue catch up on Jimmy Olsen uh, briefly. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, indeed, <laughs> I think in this issue, maybe more than any other Jimmy Olsen, which is wild to say, um, <laughs> uh, I, I feel like- I'm looking be... forward to your, uh, your, your, <laughs> take your on recovery this. of this. Yeah, I'm looking forward to, because <laughs> part of me is like, yeah, I, w- I want to know what happened to this. And I read right. it like, very recently. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you've read it too, then you know that like Kirby is definitely throwing a whole lot of things into the, the, the pot here. Um, and uh, what we have on the cover is Don Rickles. Uh, well, Goody Rickles holding an, a, a signed photograph of, of Don Rickles. And so I, I would I need to redo the background reading. You know, uh, maybe folks out there can help me do the research of how it wound up that there was this cross promotion between uh, comedian Don Rickles and Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen 139. Yeah, yeah. I understand that uh, the celebrity appearances was part of the shtick of these uh, this book in general. But to have Kirby now have to um, integrate Don Rickles because... <laughs> Because of some deal that they made and to do what he has been doing, which, you know, this issue has it really made me think uh, a few themes that actually that were part of my reading through all four of these issues, which is that um, comics are have the, it's just this really unique medium in that if you think about other uh, media in the 20th century in America, they they all had this um, individual uh, 
uh, engagement with a particular time and place. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking of, you know, like a film is clearly a 70s movie or an 80s movie. While comics has this way of stretching. I mean, Jimmy Olsen 139 means that it's stretched back really a whole lot of years, right? This series has actually mm. gone on for quite a while. And then the character of Jimmy Olsen, of course, or the character of Superman has gone back even further than that. And in the first page of Jimmy Olsen's, uh, Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen 139, we have... Guardian sitting up front and Superman and, and Jimmy in the back, and they're part of this DNA project. And Guardian, of course, being a character of um, Kirby's creation, as well as, you know, Newsboy Legion is of, I don't know, some 30 years ago, right? When by the time we're 20, mm-hmm. 20, 30 years ago, by the time that we see this issue. So it just seems like again and again, and maybe especially in this series, as bonkers as it is, Kirby's trying to square the past with the present. And comics's constant continuity makes this possible or makes this necessary and and sometimes that squaring doesn't always fit you know it's like a round peg that that you're trying to square into but you know if you think about the sort of um well the some of the suits like clark kent's suit that he's wearing is so somewhere between 1950 and 1970 and then the technology Mm -hmm. that kirby seems to be pointing at seems to be very much the space age uh, you know, allusion to the space age stuff that's that's surrounding their heads at this time, you know. And so, you know, and then Don Rickles, you know, throwing Don Rickles, who in this like crazy kind of, I think he passed not, you know, just a few years ago, actually. So he sort of spans the time as well. And so that way that like a book, you know, generally a novel or a, a film or something kind of is a cut of a certain period of time, Um comics have this way of spanning episodically this long stretch of time and therefore that attempt at continuity makes it so that you have to square you know 20 years ago or a generation ago's past with the present all the time and it feels like a lot of these works are trying to do that um so let me get off that weird philosophical box before (laughs) before i launched in the summary i don't know if you had any thoughts matt to, to cut in right there yeah no i think it's um i think it's a really good point and i think um a couple of things really i think Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen more than um, any of the other new gods because obviously the fourth world is is you know almost a brand new kind of creation from whole right. cloth you know this idea of um, you know of new new gods in the title you know it's it's right. all new creations whereas Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen tackles um, existing characters right. and is Jack Kirby's only real dalliance with the idea of legacy. I mean, mm-hmm. he talks about um, he talks about legacy in the kind of father and son sense in you know in regards to Dark Side and, yeah. and High Father, mm-hmm. and that will be explored further as we go along. But the actual legacy of of characters within superhero fiction um, is something that DC Comics has done. Um, yeah, you know, almost, you know, almost exclusively, really, um, right. over the last kind of eighty years or so, and it's something that they've had, they've, they've tackled in a more direct fashion with the idea of having, um, you know, in this case, the Newsboy Legion are the children of right. the previous Newsboy Legion, and that's one way of getting over the time jumps. Um, and then they do it indirectly as well with, you know, kind of uh, Wally West taking over from The Flash and uh, from Barry Allen, and Barry Allen himself being a legacy character from. Uh, Jay Garrick from the golden age of of the Flash, right? Um, right. Whereas in in a way that Marvel doesn't really do that, you know, Marvel is very much kind of it's the world outside your window is their old slogan, and yeah, and yeah. so the 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 characters of Marvel move with the times, you know. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> Superman, uh, Spider Man at one point is kind of going to college and he's dealing with kind of what he calls hippies on campus and mm-hmm. getting really irate about them for some bizarre reason, and the next thing you know he's 
he's no older or he may be like three or four years older but suddenly he's dealing with cell phones and mm. and you know and, and modern modern technology and modern modern problems that he didn't deal with in the 70s right um but there's no there's no real kind of continuity skip you know there's no acknowledgement that it was the 70s and now it's the 2000s and so yeah and so to bring it back to this issue specifically you know you're you're right in saying that Clark Kent's suit is kind of very 70s but with a 50s slant and um (laughs) thanks to you know thanks to mostly thanks to the animated series I'd say like Batman the animated series and Superman both had a very unique aesthetic um gotham city was very you know batman was very gothic very kind of of um like had a kind of almost a 40s you know gumshoe detective kind Mm -hmm. of Mm -hmm. underscore to it yeah and then um you know superman had this kind of 50s get up and go you know the a city on the grow like this the 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 future today kind of aspect to metropolis which is which is kind of what they go for and that's where they've kind of stuck that's where they've kind of stayed Mm. whereas up you know in these issues it's clear that they want to kind of maintain this idea of this is still superman the same superman you you grew up with or your sure. dad grew up with yeah however he's he's in the 70s he's in the now he's wearing a you know he's wearing a fashionable suit and um yeah and they're yeah. meeting a current you know a current celebrity yeah um and this is you know this is grounding it in the now which kind of at the time must have felt you know I don't know. It depends what kids thought of Don Rickles, I suppose. But you know, if they have celebrities in comics these days, you know, like Eminem like meets the Punisher, it's like that's a very that's kind right. of now comic, isn't it? Or it yeah. was a very now comic at the time. Like, yeah. you know, what do people think of Don Rickles now? And that dates the yeah. comic. You know, it kind of pinpoints it in time, which is fascinating. That's yeah. right. That's right. Yeah. I mean, and the the Don Rickles thing, and actually, what you're saying about DC's. Um, acknowledgement of legacy makes me just really it it just occurs to me that um comics are trying to be both timely like you know trying to be very present and relevant and hip and also timeless you know they're they're expecting Mm. this kind of uh mythology this mythological quality that lasts forever and you know when you hailed back to the um max fleischer sensibility that's in those um those cards you know the batman the animated series i mean in 1989 i'm watching that is it 19? You know, in the late 80s, early 90s, I'm watching that and it's yeah. it's hailing back to stuff I love as a kid, but I, stuff that I know clearly originates like 70 years before. But yeah. And, and so it's fascinating to think about like our interest in Kirby. We, you know, this is something old for us. This is something archival, you know, but that mm-hmm. for, for Jack Kirby, you know, the gap between 1950s and 1970 is one that he lived. And you don't think of that, you know, you don't think of your own life and your existence in, 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 in the time in which you've lived from this with the separation of oh that's from long long ago this is nostalgic like you you think about that as well con- continuous because you lived through that you know what i mean and so <laughs> yeah. it just makes me think that a lot of the stuff that he's processing in this work i mean and, and that's the stuff that leads you in your 50s to have a crisis you know your midlife crisis as well as maybe an infinite crisis of some kind you know, <laughs> on infinite earth which is just try, trying to reconcile infinite midlife crisis infinite oh, midlife fine. crisis exactly which trying to reconcile past and present is just um startling and so to take us into the issue as we promised <laughs> and to get off this ramble you know, i did not think we'd have this much to talk about the don rickles issue of uh superman's pal jimmy olsen well i'm glad we know, did you know i was gonna do that to us uh, <laughs> <laughs> at the beginning of this issue guardian is being um is sort of tested within this dna project because remember that he is um sort of a clone of the original jim harper guardian 
And um, but there seems to be some flaws in the process that um, something's funny's funny's going on with the brain. So they're all in the lab. The newsboy Legion wisecracking, uh, newsboy Legion part two, of course, wisecracking and Guardian uh, being you know sort of tested. And there, it's this. It, it's back to you mentioning legacy. The whole prospect of the DNA project is basically to be able to you know create or resurrect or make a second generation of these characters to live on right and that some there's something in trying to recreate these through science and technology that it works but it's something imperfect and are we ready to release this into the world right and he talks about having the memories of the old guardian in his head but like not really understanding the world that we live in now in a very sort of like we know from Captain America uh, in the movies, you know, like needing to catch up with pop culture, <laughs> even though he, he's been frozen in time and stuff like that. So um, basically Guardian, um, you know, uh, is released into the world under the care of Superman. Uh, meanwhile, um, Gabby, one of our uh, Newsboy Legion fellows, has a cold that, that means that he and his pals have to be quarantined, which is mostly, I think, for hygiene purposes. And so they, uh, there's some funny scenes of uh, of them beating him up with a newspaper, rolled up newspaper. Um, but uh, of course, the the little Scrapper Trooper, um, tiny versions of <laughs> Scrapper are are behind uh, getting them, re- you know, uh, freed from this. Um, quarantine and meanwhile i think the big turn of this is that um morgan edge who's a character who has sort of inched his way his presence into this uh into this world uh and his continued ill treatment of his secretary continues and uh, we we find out that he they have been involved in trying to create the to you know through dna fabrication again a uh, a a replica of don rickles because you know you want to you want your own version of a celebrity? I don't know, but he's in a funny suit. And so we have Goody Rickles here um, who, uh, you know, is <laughs> marching into the office and, and you know, pleading for roles. Uh, my favorite uh, panel of this episode is a, a, uh, um, a sort of uh, Morgan Edge with his face in his hands, shaking his head going, demons of dark side, if the real Don Rickles and, his, and this yo-yo ever bump into each other, it'll be utter chaos. Uh, it's like... Just his regret for having created a uh, fake Don Rickles. Just that's a good, just good advice for executives, right? You know, if the idea gets in your head to make a f- fake Don Rickles, just let it go. Um, yeah, it's yeah, it is a strange, uh, <laughs> it's a strange idea. The whole, this whole thing is strange, so I can't be yeah. pinpointing one little aspect. Totally, yeah. I actually think I'm just going to stop there. I mean, I think that's probably enough summarizing what the heck happened. In this I, I mean, I think you, yeah, I think you get you get the drift of it, really. I mean, the the idea that you know uh, Morgan Edge has in his employ a guy that just happens to look like Don Rickles, like called sure. Goody Rickles. Yes, like he's not he's got the same name, but he, they don't say that he's related to him. They say that. Um, He's on staff. He's such a lovable guy, and he he just looks like him. Well, we have two of them now, Don and his lookalike. Yes. Um, but he's got the same last name, so he he's or oh no, he doesn't. He's spelled differently, isn't it? Is it spelled differently? No, I think I'm it's so, the same. What's going on? Is it spelled the same? I'm so confused. And he comes in going, "I can help you. Here's I've, I've made my own super suit that I'm going to create." <laughs> <laughs> and so yeah so at the moment like this we talk about don rickles starring in superman's pal jimmy Olsen. he's not actually in this issue um no. his his counterpart Goody his rickles, is in yep. this issue mm-hmm. he's old yeah whether yeah whether it's like his, his actual alter ego right. um uh, or whether they are two separate beings um we have yet to kind of have explicitly you know made on the page right. um but um but yeah they end up kind of getting swept away into um 
uh, what, uh, how does it even end? Oh, they end up, yeah, they, um, Guardian and Jimmy have, and Goody Rickles have been yes. uh, injected with kind of flammable pyrokinetic, or yes. pyrogranulates. That's right. Um, that gives them 24 hours before they spontaneously combust. And Actually, like kind of forced, forced to eat them in a little uh, Forced bank. to eat them, yes. <laughs> yes that's a it, little yeah. meal they set up. <laughs> Yeah, like which looks like you know tea and crumpets, just like yeah, cookies exactly. and like and milk and stuff. It's great, um, and uh, and yeah, so there's that, and there's um, and then Superman is or Clark Kent rather is trapped in a UFO right. that has now gone into a strange kind of uh, alternate space, isn't it? It's not like actual. He's not been drifted. It's another dimension. It's implied as well. Yeah, yeah, so there's yeah. a lot going on in this. And, um, <laughs> yeah, this this two parter. There's like the you know kirby more does throw a lot at you there's yeah there's there, we do have to read more of this yeah there, there is more of this issue to read i mean i thought it was good i thought it was like um inherently silly and yeah. i think there's we've said this before about kirby but like with when it comes to jimmy olsen like he he revels in the silliness of it mm-hmm. and it mm-hmm. is very comic booky very kind of um it's it's very for like a guy that you know like kirby who was how old was he when he was writing this? Like in his fifties. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. it's got a very kind of childlike sense right. of pace and energy to it. Right. You know, like it's it's almost like he is literally making it up on the spot and then just writing it down. Like I know, obviously, it's all made up, but like he, you know, <laughs> there doesn't seem to be any kind of um, plotting beyond the page. It's just he's and now this happens and now this happens and now <laughs> this happens and it, it does work. It all comes together in this kind of crazy you know crazy like you're kind of rolling down a hill kind of fashion of, of plots where you know <laughs> superman swept into another dimension uh, and morgan edge is working with intergang who are all working for apocalypse and uh, <laughs> and the you know and the the newsboy legion have escaped in underground tunnels why they were quite you know quite why they were taken off the board in the first place like it's just like one of them has a cold that may not be a cold <laughs> but i was like oh okay well that's a way to kind of write them out of this issue but then right. they're they're still in the issue but they're yeah. just kind of a step behind everyone and it's like well what i don't i don't get the point of that you know but um yeah it's it's wild it was a wild yeah. wild issue and i'm looking forward yeah. to seeing the actual don rickles show up if indeed he hasn't already um and see um and see what just quite what the whole business is all about um Mm. Yes, it's very, very mm. bizarre, and I still don't fully know who Don Rickles is. So it's like it's even it's got even more of a, like a layer of confusion to it because it's like I sure. don't quite get the reference. But I, I think sure. um, for next next episode when we've got a second uh, Don Rickles story to delve into, I think I'm gonna um, look back and actually try and we like YouTube's and videos of Don Rickles and find a bit more out about him. Yeah, so I can come That's into right. it and be. Confused, but on like a slightly less <laughs> less deep level, like That's less right. kind of meta level than I am now. <laughs> yeah, you have a lot of uh, we have a lot of YouTube homework to do uh, with uh, what James sent us, and then uh, lots of Don Rickles. Yeah, for, for yeah, exactly. Yeah. But no, yeah. I mean the persona is there in Goody Rickles. Um, mm-hmm. I I I just think, you know, and, and you know, it's okay for I think for us to critique a little bit. The thing that you love about Kirby is that he's so open to the world and he says yes mm. to everything you know yeah. like you need me to roll this in yes i have this idea mm. yes i'm just gonna put it in there you know it's all gonna work together and yeah. you can see that all of that is like 
and and I, I mean I, I have so much sympathy for that that's the kind of person I am too you know and uh, <laughs> and you know you, you think it's too out of bounds no I can I can make it work I can make it all harmonize and he does that yeah, so yeah. much and so well and that's part of the brilliance of this work but that's where it starts to feel a little off the rails when it just becomes like oh you're gonna say yes to everything and um, mm. and it feels like that a little bit with Jimmy Olsen we're definitely straining at the edges here of, of um, you know whether things can coexist uh, peacefully harmon- yeah. harmoniously so yeah, I feel as though we're like kind of reaching the, you know, the point in an improv class where there's been too many yes ands and it's just, it's completely just lost. You're completely like, where did we start? Like, what, what was the, what was the point that we were supposed to start at? And we've just That's completely right. devolved into yes ands, into, into this weird thing where one of us is on an alien ship and then another one's got 24 hours to live because we've eaten like <laughs> gunpowder for some reason. That's right. That's good. Yeah. So oh, it's, it's, man. it's great. It's great. Well, you know, I wonder, Matt, if you could ground us a little bit. Um, New Gods Four seems fairly coherent. Maybe we can go there uh, before we dive back into Forever People. Or uh, yes. you want to take us into the next issue? My name's Matt, and I'm Wes, and together we host That's the Issue, the comic book podcast that gets to know you through the issues that you love. Every month, we take a random, tangent-filled look through comic books and pop culture. And along the way, we cover everything from Doink the Clown to Mr. Blobby. Don't ask about the Mr. Blobby. We don't ask about the Mr. Blobby. <laughs> we do also talk about comic books as well. Like the weirdest comic books in your collection or your favorite comic book movies. So join us on the third Friday of every month on multiversitycomics.com or wherever podcasts are found. Blobby, blobby, blobby. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you'd do that well. That's why I put it at the end. Yeah, New Gods, uh, New Gods number four then is... Um, it there feels though there's more of a um an objective to the plot at this point um, and <laughs> the characters all seem to have a little bit more to do there's a little more bit more of a development of these four human characters that are following orion around right um as we know like um orion saved these four individuals from uh, apocalypse from a fate on apocalypse where they were swept off to um and their current um their current mission seems to be very grounded for for an issue that has mm-hmm. gods in the title. Mm-hmm. This series seems more than any other to be focused on, um, you know, uh, dealing with intergang and dealing yeah. with the very human um, kind of agents of of Darkseid. Right. Um, and this issue is no different, except you know, to kind of counter that point, it starts with um, Metron, and he's on right. the Mobius chair with um, a small New Genesis boy called Isak. Right. Um, and uh, they are traveling through prehistory, so they're kind of uh, being chased by Tyrannosaurus Rexes and uh, watching <laughs> um, watching cavemen fight each other. Uh, mm. And then they're called through you know through time and dimensions. Um, to um, to see High Father and says uh, who who says one of us has fallen. Uh, he tells them the grave news that um, someone from um, someone from New Genesis has died at the hands mm-hmm. of Apocalypse. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's an interesting kind of conversation that Isak and Metron has slightly before that happens, where they uh, where the boy says, "Tell me, Metron, are we truly beyond time? Are we beyond death?" Um, and he says, "My senses indicate there is an answer in New Genesis." Mm-hmm. Um, and that seems to fitting with what we've said about Metron, the idea that he he kind of times everything to his own kind of um or not pleasure so much but there's <laughs> kind of an ironic bit there's a bitter irony to everything mm-hmm. he does you know this mm-hmm. idea that he's he's gone back through time and you know prehistory to show isak like the the growth of man um you know and almost looking back at their birth to then Isak to ask the inevitable question of you know are we beyond death you know can we die yeah. and then only to be faced with high father who says 
yeah, someone's just died. You know, and it is a very kind of brutal kind of way of showing yeah. them that, um, that, yeah, this has happened. And so we yeah. cut to um, o- the Orion Gang, uh, which is O R Y A N, O apostrophe R I A N, which I'll come back to in a minute because there's a funny moment with that. Right. And um, Seagrin um, is a, um, a new Genesis. Um, originator and mm-hmm. he was uh, his name was Seagrin he was a gentle warrior and they dredge him up out of the depths mm. of the uh, is it New York Harbor yeah I think and so. they pull yeah. him out of and um, and basically they um, this sends um, Orion and his four human compatriots uh, on a mission to try and sort out what's happened to Seagrin and they say uh, Orion says he's been attacked by the uh, the deep six um mm. and this is like an idea that this is their first their kind of calling card almost mm. um and we see black racer again um further compounding the uh you know the 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 fact that black racer is death black racer is kind of the the grim reaper mm-hmm. um and as they um as they do a kind of very viking send off to seagram by setting fire to the pier right. <laughs> that they dredged him <laughs> up from um you know they there's a there's a throwaway line that says the flames are not of earth in the moment they will vanish with seagram uh, to mm. kind of say yeah we're not actually burning everything down but we are burning everything down <laughs> and uh, black racer comes and then disappears there's a fantastic single page spread um like full page panel of dark side looking mm-hmm. super creepy um <laughs> little like a creepy pervert in the guy like, <laughs> hidden around an alleyway just staring um at um at everything that's happening um and he's talking about um this should keep orion busy um and uh, if it doesn't if he man- if he manages to get past this um the deep six will be waiting for him mm. um we discover that um orion and his four compatriots are going to be going after intergang in a pretty serious way um mm-hmm. they know now that they work for apocalypse they know now that they're hiding something mother box can't seem to penetrate um through um kind of um like face perceptions can't mm-hmm. see mm-hmm. see past the veil for want of a better word right and yeah. it can't uh, it can't see things that are from apocalypse um and there's something jamming its signal Right. And they need to go to find out from Intergang what's causing it. And um, yeah, and uh, they, they're they talking about, um, they have a very kind of human human conversation with totally real, um, totally genuine voices um, that are exactly how we all talk. <laughs> yes. um, they, they, introdu- they reintroduce themselves in extremely casual, not at all forced conversation. Um, we owe him that, Mr. Lanza, such as we are. We may have to tackle super beings. But I'm Victor Lanza, an insurance executive, a family man. My wife makes me carry an umbrella in case it rains. What about it, Lincoln? I'm Claudia Shane, simple but worried secretary. And it's just, we don't talk like that. Like This is whether you're introducing yourself at a murder mystery party. This is how you talk. You kind of, you know, like, uh, but but that's just me. I'm Matt Loon, always hungry. Um, what am I to talk about? You know, I'm just hosting a podcast. Um, and then like they, they mention Orion in passing as well. They say, beat mm-hmm. me, it's still Orion's play and then orion mm. comes in and goes no no don't call me orion call me orion <laughs> on the page it works because orion o-r-i-o-n is spelt differently to o apostrophe r-y-a-n but they sound exactly the same so how does he know that they're not calling him orion do they have to have like a beat where there's a pause between it's like no no ryan it's oh ryan oh, ryan. <laughs> oh wait ryan um so yeah so that's um they're just they have this conversation but nevertheless like in its own kind of comic booky way we yeah. do get to that does give us a bit more kind of a bit more of a connection to these characters than we have done before because we don't right. know anything about them whereas now we know that um you know victor lanza the insurance executive um you know he's always kind of 
he's not cut out for this you know he's too old for this you know he doesn't he doesn't he doesn't need to be he doesn't think he should be here um and inevitably it's him that kind of pulls off the bluff you know because sure. they work their way behind um enemy lines of intergang they find their way to um to the the head of intergang um and um they manage to find out what it is that's causing this um this jamming the you know, the jammer they call it the thing that's jamming <laughs> motherbox's signal and it makes me laugh that as well because they can't mother they they even say motherbox can't find um it says orion's motherbox computed this setup exactly right the jammer can shield an apocalypse type from the motherbox but it can't shield intergang mm. um so it's almost like homer simpson trying to evade the fbi because like <laughs> he says well i'll just i'll just take the numbers off my door and the fbi will, right we'll just look for the house with no numbers on it and that's exactly what they do it's just like well we can't find apocalypse but apocalypse is with intergang so we'll just look for intergang instead making this jammer completely useless <laughs> it's just absolutely pointless just like well yeah but they're there it's right next to intergang so we'll just look for them instead so they find it they destroy it they burn it to the ground and then orion faces off against um against or he heads down to the deep to find to face off against the deep six mm. and that'll be our next issue moving forward um what does orion face it has destroyed a god and threatens the entire earth don't miss spawn um so yeah so it's a neat little crossover with uh mid to late 90s uh yeah yeah, mid to late 90s image comics really looking forward to that don't really know how that's gonna span the you know the decades between the release of both of these both of these crossover franchises but yeah i'm very excited mobius's job i think i mean the (laughs) gonna take us into a 90s image and young blood's gonna show up it's gonna be exactly yeah it's gonna be great i'm really looking forward to that yeah that'll that'll offset the don rickles-ness about our next episode i'm sure yeah Oh but, man. Um, but yeah, so what did you think of this issue? Oh, I I loved your observations and you know we're laughing at this stuff cuz it's funny. Uh you know, it's like <laughs> any of these premises on the surface, you know, you st- under any scrutiny immediately buckle, you know, <laughs> like mm, you just yeah, really kind yeah. of think about it. But you know, thinking about in this uh issues especially the way that the mother box works, uh, mother box works or doesn't work, you know. Mm-hmm. Again, like you you just kind of examine it under any kind of microscope and it immediately like doesn't make much sense you know we really haven't had much explanation of how mother box works or what's behind it or what it does or doesn't do just kind of passing references and it it just makes me think about how comics without these like lengthy you know the way you would in a piece of fantasy science fiction these lengthy scientific explanations right you mm-hmm. you don't get much exposition you get a lot of lore like what's kind of like lore it's being talked about you know you see the way that yeah, things operate yeah. and you see its effects instead of uh just kind of lengthy explanations or 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 whatever and you know i, I think part of enjoying comics is not um not uh getting too bogged down with that or not worrying about it too much and just kind yeah. of going with it in the story and it, it's it's i mean this issue really worked for me because I feel like what um, back to what I was saying about the 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 last uh, you know Jimmy Olsen setup is that I just see Kirby being able to use the language of this sort of um, crime story you know uh, or the Orion Gang trying to infiltrate Intergang as mm-hmm. a, a a like let me call up the tools of one genre to um, be doing work for another genre and so yeah. that that um, series on of panels on page nineteen 
where, um, you know, you turn the fish <laughs> that's hanging on the wall and you reveal because, <laughs> you know, we're, we've, we've been hanging out in this sort of like almost like 40s era gangster story for a little while. And he turns the little fish on the wall and it reveals this like uh, Kirby-esque, you know, te- technological craziness mm-hmm. that um, is is sort of like, ta-da, like behind all of this uh, uh, very uh, sort of timely thing. There's this sort of timeless, uh, uh, you know, science fiction uh, you know, premises behind it. And then that's where we pivot over to Orion and, and, and more of the space age kind of stuff that, that, that goes on. There's just like, um, a mashing together of these genre familiar things that speaks to me about how dizzying those times must've been. I mean, again, like I'm here back on my old, you know, sawhorse, whatever, when, (laughs) when you (laughs) lived through the forties, and then you're in the 70s. It actually reminds me of, um, I don't know if you have much familiar, familiarity with Dick Tracy, and I think I may have mentioned Dick Tracy before, but as a kid, a lot of my experience of decades was that I became a huge Dick Tracy nut, you know, the comic strips. Mm. And, okay. you know, Dick Tracy started in the 30s and was firmly a crime and gangster detective story. But when it started moving into the 50s and 60s, its creator, Chester Gould, really wanted to incorporate things of the times. And so it started to have this whole thing with the moon and like these moon creatures and space age stuff. And I started being like, wow, this is weird. This isn't like of the time that I thought of. But it made me realize that what he was doing, what Chester Gould was doing, was trying to reconcile the times. Reconcile Mm. that he came out of this like, you know, cops and robbers uh, world of the 30s and living in these radically changing times and how dizzying that is when you're living through that. And that just to me, that's reflected here in this, too, in terms of what um, Kirby is seeing in the headlines um, living through this, you know, these different decades. So that's just a thought. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I think that's um, that moment you kind of um, you focused in on the idea of like mm-hmm. turning the fish and seeing, you know, the, the Kirby, you know, the Kirby madness. I think that's a good that is a good kind of microcosm of this whole uh, this whole series, really, of the mm-hmm. whole New Gods, um, you know, um, issues, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. it has got this front of being what well, has so far anyway, had this front of, you know, kind of very very uh, grounded gangsters and yeah. um, and you know very kind of almost like touching on noir aspects of their storylines yeah, yeah. and you know Orion is almost overshadowed by these four human very real kind of in over their heads characters and yeah. um, that are like in this issue I found more than more than any previously they're really kind of they're settling into this idea and there's even a scene where they have to you know the scene where they're talking about themselves you know they that right. scene is is basically to to encourage themselves you know they're having this pep talk and saying look none of us feel like we should be here none of us really know what's going on but right. Orion saved our life we need to book you know we need to kind of book up and we need to rally around him and we need to you know take part in this and this is a perfect example of them putting their minds to something and doing it and throwing themselves into this world you know very much faking it until you make it you know right, like uh, right. um what's his name victor lanza mm. uh, he's sent in as you know more than any of the others he's sent in to kind of fake his way through it and so he mm-hmm, kind of mm-hmm. falls into this role of being the the um, the dealer like the kind of the guy who makes the deals for the orion gang right. um and they're kind of pretending that they're inter gang's biggest rivals they're way bigger they're a way bigger operation blah 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 and um and forcing their hands and he acts out per- he acts this role perfectly he's like oh i've seen inter gang i don't think much of you i wouldn't spend a penny on you you know and this and forces this this inter gang guy to go oh yeah look at here you know grabs the fish on the wall <laughs> it's like oh 
oh yeah you're ready for this right um and then turns it and this like kind of kirby madness unfolds behind him and um and it's exactly what orion wanted you know so the humans play their part perfectly they work as a team really well um they they give orion the the ability to see through into gang's disguise um and you know there's every chance that he wouldn't have been able to do what he did without them um and so it's very much you know it's a mashup of genres as you say yeah. um but you know within the within the fiction of the story it's very much um dark side has been using humans to prove his point that you know kind of evil is everywhere and to prove his point that it doesn't take much to kind of tip the scales and give yeah. them a little bit of technology and they will run run riot you know yeah and orion's yeah. doing the exact same thing but he's proving the opposite point you know if you if you trust humans if you work with the humans if you kind of give them the tools they need they will come through for you and they right. will work together and they will they will defeat evil um and in the very kind of spirit of good versus evil that that the fourth world is all about i think right. that kind of resonates just particularly well in this issue um and i think you know it, all the separate pieces that we've talked about within the new gods up to this point has um has solidified in this issue particularly mm. um and i think there is I, I mean i don't know how where the story goes from here but there feels like there's very much kind of a turn into the more fantastic mm-hmm. um, i feel like mm-hmm. we've spent the last four issues dealing with the kind of the grounded intergang like um you know theatrics whereas yeah. i feel like they 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 infiltrated right to the very top they infiltrated right to it they they literally saw you know behind the curtain they saw what was there they were revealed to them what is behind intergang and uh orion flew straight through it and went straight through it and he instantly (laughs) entered this kind of underground apocalyptic kind of um madness and i feel as though that feels like a bit of a turning point in this series i don't know if that's true i don't know if we're going to be going back to intergang at all um but um it'd be interesting to see where the book goes and if it's going to still be um following the four humans as well which i'd be surprised if it doesn't but then i'd also wouldn't be surprised if they kind of veer away from that a little bit now but um (laughs) but either way it's been um it's a fascinating i feel like new gods is getting its own unique identity as Mm. a series Mm -hmm. um which sets it apart from the others uh, in a very fascinating way yeah yeah I i think that um kirby in this month you know figuring that these are kind of simultaneous is doing that sort of trying to like again if i had to uh uh, weave together a theme it's it's a continuous of past and present but it's also continuous of the the sort of cosmic world that he's projected for us and Mm. then the sort of very like grounded earth world because in forever people number four how's that for a segue um very nice you have a, a real like sort of perception versus reality um game going on you know mm-hmm. forever people number four is essentially about um Desaad and the world of torture that he's set up for the captured forever people you know so our, our heroes now are being subjected to um a kind of torture that is all under the facade of this place happy land and so mm-hmm. um it, and dark side who's visiting and taking a little tour uh being the creepy creepy <laughs> yeah. pervert that you mentioned uh, which yeah. uh, reaches yeah. new he's only here. missing like at one point I'm, i feel like he's only missing like an ice cream cone and one of those overstuffed teddies that you win by <laughs> playing basketball like i feel like he's he's one step away from literally just enjoying himself just like well i'm having a wonderful time hilarious exactly <laughs> until a kid is creeped out by him and he you know take, t- turns the dial up to 20 on that you know just being mm. the creepiest um but yeah dark side is paying a visit to decides towards world which is essentially this theme park you know a giant um 
Happy Land theme park, which is actually the Kingdom of the Damned. And we meet the individual tortures of each of the four, you know, each of our sort of five uh, main Forever People characters. And, um, you know, there's a master scrambler, they call it, that's turning the cries of these people who've been locked up into, um, you know, the amusement uh, of, of, of Happy Land. Uh, uh, mm. Big Bear is is you know is in his agony being turned into just essentially a um, uh, a carnival game you know the where they're shooting yeah. at him and uh, beautiful dreamer I think this is where it's most interesting who we already know from previous issues has within her um, I guess her mind the secrets of the of 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 um, New Genesis or the secrets of Mother Box or whatever that uh, the the no the the secrets of the anti life equation that um, Darkseid is in fact after um, beautiful dreamer's power is essentially the flip side the good side of what this whole uh, torture chamber is doing which is to be able to turn dreams into nightmares or vice versa to turn nightmares into dreams basically to alter perception about what's going on uh, and then we see Seraphin's um, torture essentially being to have to kick a pedal to make sure that um, Viking the Black isn't ruled over by a roller coaster repeatedly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then in the end, we get introduced, we get teased uh, uh, by uh, Sunny the Sumo, Sunny Sumo the, uh, in the Bonsai Express, which is next. Uh, looking forward to that one. Yeah, but I, which we've got, <laughs> we'll have a lot to say about him in time, I am very sure. Bonsai and Sunny Sumo and... Uh, uh, Don Rickles, it's going to be a, a blast. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I, I think uh, what's interesting about this issue, this Forever People issue, is, you know, we know th- that they were captured last issue and we wondered what would happen to them. And so what happens to them, rather than being thrown onto Apocalypse, like we've already had brief glimpses of the fires of Apocalypse, you know, like mm-hmm. the sort of like frightening, you know, uh, granny goodness terror of actual Apocalypse. But rather than throwing them there or rather than a, a you know just a horde of monsters kirby decides to keep playing with this duality this double-sidedness of the earth reality that we live in and the mm-hmm. the um actual reality of like what's going on underneath the battle of good and evil and how as sort of regular people participating in life and doing things like going to amusement parks, we may be just observing one thing, but in reality, what's behind it is a very dark other thing. And I think Kirby's using this kind of um, duality to, 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 you know, push a little bit the thought of like, what's underneath, you know, what's underneath everything that's really going on around us that's sort of like capitalistically, you know, sold to us as fun and pleasure. Um, there's a lot, mm-hmm. there's a lot there to it. So it, it does seem like, again, a very forever people kind of message, <laughs> even while they're being tortured. It's a very sort of, you know, um, 60s, uh, uh, like, you know, red pill, blue pill. Like, can, can you understand the the reality that's going on here? Um, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's exactly it. And I think this kind of, this issue is much like Happy Land. It's very much kind of, if you peek behind the surface, if you peek under the surface rather, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. there's there's a terrifying reality to it, isn't there? And there's like, <laughs> you know, this this issue is um, it it looks on this again. It, it looks very much like a kind of oh no, this is you know this is a a, a weird torture land, mm-hmm, and they're mm-hmm. putting kind of bizarre games, much like you know kind of arcade with the X Men. You know, puts them yeah. in weird 
you know, very bizarre, you know, real life, uh, real life size kind of games that they have to escape from. Yeah. Except yeah. with Kirby, there's there's something deeper to this. There's something more terrifying, and it follows on the heels of um, of Glorious Godfrey from the last issue, mm. um, where you know Kirby's very much attacking. Um, you know the kind of as you say capitalism um and mm. the idea of of finding entertainment in other people's misery right um which was is something that you know i imagine is 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 as present then as it was mm-hmm. as it is today you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. and and the idea of our reality being you know fed to us as as one thing but you know behind the scenes it's it's something more terrifying and there's right. always an agenda being pushed on us and right. i feel as though this is kind of this might be me reading too much into it but this mm. with coupled with glorious godfrey there's there's quite a scathing you know analysis of media and analysis of mm. what we mm-hmm. consume or what we're mm. what we're fed rather than what we consume yeah, um, yeah. and i think you know you can happily like they do in the kind of the tunnel of mystery they kind of happily drift along you know just kind of accepting what is real as real yeah. but then behind that behind that glass there's someone terrified and scared and you know fighting yeah. for their life um and i feel like there's there's an element of kind of you know the whole fake news thing that glorious godfrey pushed last issue which is right. you know you know if you if you have this if you if you just listen to me if you just followed me you'd have everything you dreamed of you know as we joked last issue you know making america great again by kind of <laughs> by believing glorious godfrey and his purifiers and this right. is very much the same this is terrifying idea of this amusement park being built mm. um where it's built on and you know is solely functioned by the misery of others mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. and i feel like that's kind of a um a not so thinly veiled analogy uh, or mm. al- allegory for kind of the entertainment industry yeah. media and mm. um and kind of i feel like if kirby was feeling these feelings in 1971 uh, god knows how he'd feel now today you know god knows what he really what he what he'd be revealing today and i feel as though um you know forever people and the messages that it's it's giving us and the kind of the the way it's doing it could easily find a place in uh on today's comic book shelves yeah uh, to discuss yeah. you know the world that we're currently living in it's um it's very interesting and very timely that we're kind yeah. of going into this now yeah yeah i mean just the cover it says alienation turns a happy place into hell that's like a Marxian mm. analysis of, <laughs> of yeah. you know, amusement park politics. It's cultural politics. It's um, and, and I love what you said. There's just so much um, underneath, really. You know, if you mm. sort of, uh, yeah, you know, sort of take Kirby at what he seems to be really up to in these choices that he's making, you know. And yeah. again, like the, the, the imagination and sort of like, and I, you know, I feel like in a very working class kind of way, the critique that's there, you know, he's, he's no ivory tower intellectual here, you know, no, he is, yeah. is, is doing work through these like cultural stories. Um, but it's just so sharp, so depth. Mm. Um, and you know, there's maybe, uh, there's, there's, there's maybe a thinness to it that you could just say, oh, Desaad is, uh, is just like another, uh sort of uh stereotypical you know um sort of secret <laughs> secret secret capitalist uh schemer yeah but yeah. but then there's this this uh unapologetic dark side strolling through this madness and he yeah. he is reveling in just being as absolutely clear as he is you know like he is yeah, plainly yeah. to visible to a child a monster and he's like 
laughing it up. And I feel like, um, you know, that's where Kirby isn't just uh, a social critic. He's a social critic who says, sure, there's all these forms of oppression. And then bottom line, y'all, this is just evil. You know, like there's mm. this stark evil that you should just be able to see here. Um, yeah. That, yeah. Uh, that I kind of, I'm kind of jiving with. Oh, absolutely. And there's like, you know, you mentioned earlier this this kind of, um, I don't know if you've ever watched Miracle on 34th Street, the Christmas mm-hmm, movie, mm-hmm. but there's a moment at the beginning of that, you know, 1994 film. Yeah. Um, the, there's a big, there's a moment where, you know, uh, Richard Attenborough stood at the traffic lights and the, the kid says, oh, uh, you know, he tells his dad, he says, oh, I think that's Santa. Mm-hmm. And like the guy says, oh, no, he thinks you're Santa. Ha ha ha. And then Richard Attenborough <laughs> leans down and goes, yeah, I am. And yeah, it freaks right. the kid out. Darkseid has that moment here where, you know, the, the, <laughs> totally. the, the, the adult says, oh, he thinks you're, you know, he thinks you're real, but you're actually, you're actually part of a show, aren't you? And Darkseid said, no. I'm the real thing and he's like why would you say that to a kid and he's like yeah all humans recognize the real thing they see when they see it and he starts laughing and there's a really really strong moment you know where he's his whole face the the panel is filled with dark sides kind of you know Hmm. laughing face and he says Hmm. and still the cosmic joke escapes him for how can he cope with me by shunning me his other face And so he's he's basically saying, how can you how can you think you can escape me? How do you think you can dismiss me when I right. am you? Right. Um, you know, when you are me, when when we're the same person, and yeah. that's that's exactly the message that Kirby's getting across. You know, this right. idea that um, there's a fear, a real fear, at Kirby's point in his life where he's seen the horrors of. Of fascism he's seen yeah, the horrors yeah, yeah, yeah. of he's seen the evil that men do but that's the ve- that's the very real point that i feel like he he's trying to um he's trying to get across here is this idea that this these aren't evil people these aren't kind of right. evil others that you know you can dismiss them and put them as front and center as your back the bad guys in your movies you know james bond fighting against the russians like they're fake like they're fiction right. when in actual fact these are human beings these are people that have consciously been led to you know politically and through entertainment and media they've been led to believe these things they've been led to to think that these things are true and he's saying here that man and humanity and human beings real people like you and me have been led to yeah. make horrible disgusting uh, inhumane decisions and mm-hmm. take you know inhumane actions um and again you know no more it, it, that message is no more real then than it is today mm-hmm. um and i think that's um that's that's probably the most poignant part of this issue is this idea that uh that you know dark side laughs because he doesn't you know he knows that humans don't understand that he is them and they are him yeah um well that's that's what he wants to believe anyway and that's what he's trying to get across whereas uh mm. you know kirby kirby believes the opposite i think kirby does mm. believe that good will always triumph over evil mm. Mm. um but yeah it's mm. interesting well said man good. yeah well said i love that um, yeah. I know we're very um, we're very cut for time, so I will um, I will get through uh, Mr. Miracle uh, <laughs> a little bit quicker than I have done the previous ones. Let's go um, to Mr. Miracle. That's, yeah, this Mr. is exciting. Uh, Mr. Miracle number four. Um, we when we last left him, he was hurtling down fifty flights, um, fifty stories, like straight down the middle of a building in a um, metal box, tied up um, and in, you know unable to escape. Um, rather than cutting back to that straight away, we're introduced to Big Barda, who is. Um, the one of Darkseid's fiercest um, warriors. Mm. However, she is um, on the side of the good. She has mm. fought through the same trials that um, Granny Goodness has put Scott Free through, yeah. and she has come out victorious the other side. She is one of 
uh, Dark Side's Furies. Um, but she, it's revealed in this that she is uh, has a soft spot for Mister Miracle. She helped Scott Free escape. Um, she um, she led him to Earth, for want of a better word, and now she has she has <laughs> followed up by coming to Earth herself to mm. find out if he's okay. Mm. Um, frightens the life out of Oberon, um, who is easily scared. Let's face it, <laughs> he's, uh, <laughs> he's he, every every issue he's having to kind of watch his you know his heart from exploding. Mm. Um, but um, but then throughout the issue, then we see she teleports to um, the tower block that Mister Miracle is in, where uh, as we remember the. Uh, thousands, they said, of uh, of people within this building uh, have succumbed to the um, the evil thrall of the paranoid pill, and they're all mm-hmm, mm-hmm. rabid uh, mob, you know, hate mob that are fighting against him. She uh, it, she comes right in time, catches the box that Mister Miracle is in, um, and when she tears it open, she finds out that he's not actually in there at all. He's mm-hmm. um, he's forty, he's found his way out of it somehow, um, mm-hmm. and he's stood on a story higher up. Mm-hmm. Um, and they both get attacked by the mob, uh, get chased. He gets um, captured again and thrown again. There's an element where he's dragged into a, um, uh, onto a TV set. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, they film TV shows in this uh, in this tower block as well. Um, <laughs> and again, like you know, a bit more of an indirect dig, but there is a kind of an element of digging at the media here. You know, there's yeah, yeah. he's mm-hmm. dragged in front of TV, and this one guy, the director says, "Ah, he's perfect for the part. He'll die with superb realism." Um, you know this idea that death has to be real for it to be entertaining enough I suppose yeah, yeah. Um, and so he's on this kind of medieval set which is why they managed to find this Iron Maiden um, the old Iron Maiden kind of uh, a coffin sarcophagus with uh, with spikes inward facing spikes mm-hmm, they put mm-hmm. him in that they close the door on him um, so once again trapping him in an inescapable trap um, Big Barda comes through um, and uh, attempts to save him again except she finds out that he's already escaped once again so he's always kind of one step ahead of her when it comes to escaping mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, and together they face off against um, Dr. Bedlam um, who yeah. is this kind of faceless um, you know energy being as we discovered um, that infests weaker minds um, and they face off against him and then it kind of in a weird kind of pacing um element to it uh, kirby then cuts from the great like the the big moment where dr bedlam essentially transforms into the living embodiment of every nightmare yeah. uh, since it says he, he's every monster that has haunted every nightmare since time began um and he unleashes that onto this building you're like oh my god what's gonna happen and then it just cuts to oberon sat there going oh sure i'm worried and um, and then the big barder and mr miracle show up and go yep solved it all sorted and he's like how did you do it and then he then kirby goes back over and just explains how they did it um which kind of breaks the tension a little bit which i'm a little yeah. bit sad about but um, yeah, yeah. but at the same time he he does that thing where he explains how he got out of the traps which i wasn't expecting to be honest because i just kind of <laughs> thought oh mr miracle is so good he just got out of those traps <laughs> right, right. where kirby provides like an actual scientific well you know, Kirby science reason for him to have escaped all of these traps in perfectly reasonable manner. Yeah. Um, mm. And yeah, and it's just like we. I think the the best part about this issue is Big Barda. I think she's mm-hmm. introduced in a way. The voice that Kirby gives her is so perfect and so mm. again so timely because she's right. got an agency. Yes, yeah. she's kind of. Mm. Um, she's introduced as this character that saved scott free's life she's once right. again going into the fray to save him he escapes mm. without her help 
both times, but not for her want of actually saving him. You know, she gets to the point where she does rescue him. It's just the fact that he's got out a little bit before. So he's not right. kind of a a man doing the woman's job for her kind of thing. You know, he, he's she she gets there. And there's just like there's this perfect moment <laughs> that's just like where this uh these rabid like like people run 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 up to and go capture the witch mm. she'll put a fatal spell on all of us and mm. she says i'll put a barrel full of lumps on you i've no time to coddle your neuroses and um <laughs> and just just big mood as far as i'm concerned that is exactly yeah. how i feel a lot of the time or exactly or rather i think that's a lot exactly how women must feel a lot you know they don't have time to to coddle right. neuroses of men you know right. um, right. and i think that's such a perfect introduction to big bad this idea mm. that she's you know she's there she's trying to save scott scott free's life she's trying to kind of rescue mm-hmm. him and um and she's having to deal with all this all this shit that comes with it <laughs> she's yeah. just yeah. she hasn't That's got right. time for it um and she's perfectly capable she's perfectly handy um you know by the end we kind of see her um there's a scene where she kind of gets changed into like a bikini for want of a better word mm-hmm. and kirby doesn't present her as this kind of um you know uh um, object yeah. objects yeah and right, this kind yeah. of unattainable figure she's got a very right. real figure she you know she's curvy she's you know she's clearly not like a designed to be this supermodel to ogle at you know the yeah, two scott yeah, yeah, scott yeah. and oberon do say oh god you know she you know she is a big beautiful woman and uh and oberon says oh whoever made her wear a uniform should be horsewhipped you know they're clearly kind of <laughs> doing that kind of what yeah. oh she's hot you know kind of moment but at the same time this is 1971 so i feel like i sure. still feel as though for its time it's exceptionally progressive and she's sure. a very realized character um in a way yeah. that not many um female superheroes get to be um in 1971 i suppose yeah um, mm. so instantly she's an interesting character instantly she's kind of she's competent she's capable um she is above and beyond the man the male hero in this um and i think Mm. she um yeah and she she, they they prove themselves as equals as well um, and which is good and i think scott free treats her like an like an individual like Mm. she comes up and she says oh look at your spooky costume i wouldn't recognize if you didn't speak and then he turns around (laughs) and goes oh the problem's no different from me look at you and then instantly he says oh i'm sorry the your uniform represents a power that shouldn't be lightly spoken of so he's basically saying, you know, you worked hard to get that uniform. I'm sorry for making fun of it. Um, and I think that's just such a real kind of moment as well. And I think mm-hmm. um, I've heard some people say that Scott and Barda is kind of one of the greatest love stories in comics. And mm-hmm. um, and if that's true, if that, you know, it turns out to be true, I, I wouldn't be surprised by reading this issue. Yeah. What did you think? Yeah, I have a ton of thoughts, but in a scot-free-like fashion, we're going to keep this at an hour because I have a couple of proposals for you, Matt. Okay. Uh, which is that I can actually, I think I can store up most of these thoughts. And I'm thinking maybe next episode, what if we talk about Mr. Miracle first? Um, yeah. And flip our order here so that we can give it due. And a couple things come up next episode. So we're about a third of the way into this, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're that about sounds about right, yeah hit the fifth issue of uh, what things that go to 11, 12 issues. And mm-hmm. and so it, maybe it's time. We have a good rhythm, and we'll keep this rhythm. Um, but I'm, I'm throwing out to you, Matt, here live on the air that uh, maybe, pressure. maybe <laughs> we start um, um, thinking about some of the extras that we wanted to do um, and, and going outside of added episodes that go outside of just our read-through because um, – I want to talk about Mr. Miracle more, and also mm-hmm. um, the King and Jurad series is coming to an end soon. I think yeah. it'd be really fun to do a little take on 
that 12 issue mini and to think about it relative to what we're see- seeing here as the mm. birthplace of the Barda and Scott free relationship. So I'd love to delve into that. The other thing that happens is that at the fifth issue, um, all these artist editions that I have, there's artist editions for Mr. Miracle, New Gods, and Forever People. And the first few issues, they're actually kind of scattered of what they were able to assemble. But issue five is the first one where all five, all three of those artist editions have the fifth issue of those three series. And I'd oh, love wow. to del- delve into some of that um, art. You know, I got to see that for Forever People number four for this episode. And it's just utterly gorgeous. There's like so many things I want to talk about that are... Um, just that you get from just looking at the, those artist editions and be happy to snap pictures of what we talk about if we talk about those um, in an upcoming episode. Um, and then we have some research to do. You know, James has sent us some stuff and we hope that others will also send along some thoughts. So maybe, uh, I guess what I'm proposing here is maybe next episode, Matt, you and I flip the the order that we've been kind of doing so we give due time to Mr. Miracle uh, and to, to, to New Gods and you know, I think we can tuck the Jimmy Olsen into a shorter chat, but also, <laughs> um, but also, you know, we want to throw out, we, we had wanted to and been wanting to throw out a few, uh, maybe extra conversations or, um, you know, extra episodes where we, where we dive into those Kirby related uh, places. Uh, I don't know what you think about that, Matt, but I just want yeah, to throw that out. Yeah. No, I agree. I think that's great. We we talked about that a lot before we started doing the show. Um, mm-hmm. We thought talked about the idea of expanding this um, into you know something where we can have guests on, something where we mm-hmm. can involve uh, a bit more extracurricular stuff. And I think with James's yeah. uh, timely message, as you say, I think that's a great place to start from. I think that's a great yeah. place to kind of explore those ideas. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm also conscious of the idea that you know we are a third of the way through it, but I feel like we're only just kind of getting started with yeah. this with mm-hmm. this stuff. You know, so maybe an idea of slowing it down a pace. Just mm-hmm. to kind of really appreciate that, which you know feels ironic, seeing as we've just like, or I feel like I've just rushed through that Mister Miracle issue. But I, <laughs> I do feel like if we start the next episode and we kind of hear your thoughts on this issue um, and yeah. kind of bounce off that, to there is a lot more to explore about this issue specifically. But I think generally, with Mister Miracle as a as a character, he's kind of the most prominent character of the moment because mm-hmm. of um, King and Gerard's uh, series, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Um, and seen as uh, Mr. Miracle and Big Barda's relationship is so in focus in that series. Mm-hmm, I think that'd mm-hmm. be uh, a good a good time to look at that as well. So yeah, so what form the next episode will exactly take will probably <laughs> uh, probably be a little thing that we'll hash out hash out off air. But but mm. I think safe to say that um, you know we're super pleased with James's uh, feedback. Um, yeah. But um, we're we're also after your feedback as well. You know what are your thoughts on? the the things that we're suggesting you know the idea of having guests the idea of discussing issues and um and media that's extracurricular to these mm-hmm. to these specific mm-hmm. omnibus that we're looking at um yeah. you know let us know you know get in touch with us either by the comments get in touch with us on twitter um and let us know if you um if you like what we're uh, what we're putting out yeah for sure matt you're the best man i, I love doing this with you ah you're the best you're the best <laughs> we'll keep it going yeah we will we absolutely will um yeah so um yeah reach out to us um let us know what your thoughts are let us know um if you like it and if you do like it share it with others um let mm-hmm. other people know um so we can you know grow the audience grow the feedback grow the kind of community that we'd like to build um but yeah ha- absolutely um another solid episode another a plus episode for us i think absolutely <laughs> <laughs> and thanks we we do see the numbers growing as far as those of you who are listening it's cool to see actually you know um we, we got a lot of people who've gone back from the beginning and are trying to um 
go through and you can kind of see the numbers progressively increasing uh, episode by episode. Uh, actually, no, mm-hmm. the most listens we've had are for episode one, but you know, you can see people are catching up and working through this with us. So yeah. glad you're on this journey with us and we'd love to hear from you. All right. Yep. Thanks. That's it. Thanks, thanks y'all. We'll, uh, we'll, yeah. We'll speak to you next time. Talk to you next time. Bye. Bye.